The South Carolina Gamecocks played their annual Garnet and Black Spring game on Saturday night, and there were plenty of players that stood out. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome to the special reaction edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Lockdown Gamecocks your first listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and also wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Before we get into this special reaction show on South Carolina Spring Game, I want to let y'all know that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. South Carolina took the field for the Garden Black Spring game on Saturday night, and it was sort of a game that played out the way that Coach Shane Beamer and his coaching staff probably would have liked to see, which was essentially some good and some bad on both sides of the ball. So there's not really any main area maybe that they have to be overly concerned about, or at least one entire side of the ball. And they also get the chance to use some teaching moments for both sides of the ball as well. Obviously, though, there were a few certain players that the fans really came to see, players that they were looking forward to watching play on the field on Saturday night. So let's go ahead and get on into the players that stood out in Williams Bryce Stadium. And the first one that I have to talk about is uh, a true freshman in Lenoris Sellers. Obviously, one of the most hyped up freshman quarterbacks to come into the program in many years. Now, I will say this. This is a spring game. This is obviously a game that was very controlled, a game in which there was only certain plays that were called on the offensive side of the ball, and Lenoris was not going up against the entire first string defense per se while he was out there. So, I do think that we do need to pump the brakes a little bit in terms of, say, anointing him as the next great South Carolina quarterback. But there is also no question that the talent is there, and the athleticism is clearly there from Lenora Sellers. Sellers rushed for a bevy of yards, have not seen the final stats yet from the spring game on Saturday night, but he is going to obviously be a massive threat with his legs, whether he is going on a designed run play, maybe out of the option, or he is scrambling out of the pocket. And he obviously had one big explosive run in the middle of the field where he took a late hit sort of near the 50-yard line, but he also could throw the football as well. I thought his pass to DJ Black down the middle of the field, I believe it was on basically a deep cross or somewhat of a post route. I thought that pass was phenomenal. It was right on the money. DJ Black was running in stride, and he would have scored a touchdown if not for the great shoestring tackle that was made by Joseph Burns at around the 20-yard line or so. I also thought that Laura Sellers passed to Omega Blake down the right sideline was really good as well. That would have been about a 45 or 50 yard pass. And I mean, he threw it right on the money. And if it wasn't for a slot receiver seemingly running the wrong route on the play, 
it would have been at least probably a 45, 50 plus yard connection between Lenore Sellers and Omega Blake. So I thought that Sellers, again, did a really good job. I did think that at times sort of later on in the game, he did get a little bit overly reliant on his legs, which is typical of a true freshman, especially one that, you know, when something is working for you that well, obviously you're going to keep on going back to that. He'll, of course, have to sort of work through that as he continues to develop and grow in Dow Loggins' offense. But again, Lenore Sellers, you, you, it's very clear. The talent is there. He just needs to be molded now over the next year or so. Spencer Rattler, I also thought, looked good on Saturday night. I know that I think his final stat was like 12 of 20 in terms of his passes. I would say that that was due to probably a couple of certain things. Firstly, I don't think that the protection was all too great on Saturday night. And I'll get into that a little bit more later on in the show. But I thought that at times that that affected sort of his timing of his throws. And also, it just kind of seemed like that the timing between Spencer Rattler and some of the receivers were a little bit off. And you could maybe argue that that was partly because of the fact that a couple of the guys that were out there... He's not used to throwing the football to in practice per se. And that's sort of a downside to having these mixed up teams where you try to balance out the rosters as much as possible. Obviously, I'm not trying to criticize Shapiro and the coaching staff here. You know, it's their decision on how they want to format the spring game and how the rosters are finalized. But I do think that that also played a issue in that regard as well in terms of missing a couple of those deep passes. But I thought that Spencer Rattler was in command of the offense. I thought he looked comfortable. And that's not something that we could always say this past fall. So I think that we're already starting to see the relationship between Dow Loggins and Spencer Rattler bear significant fruit on the football field. Antoine Juice Wells, he was only out there for about the first three or four series. And I think after that, they basically took him out and said that we're going to let the other wide receivers go out there and play the rest of the night. But I thought that Juice Wells... He showed that he is by far the number one wide receiver on this football team. He showed why he is considered to be one of the best receivers in the SEC heading into this upcoming fall. And I thought that Antoine Juice Wells did a great job in terms of creating separation. I thought that the pass between Spencer Rattler and Antoine Wells, where he caught the ball over the middle of the field and spun off a defender and then went down the field like 20-25 yards, was good to see as well. Because that shows that Antoine Wells can create yards after contact, that he can make defensive backs miss. And, you know, that might not be something that gets talked about enough in terms of his overall skill set. So I thought that Juice Wells, basically, he showcased why he is the best skill position weapon on this offense for South Carolina. And then to finish off this first group of players, I want to talk about a newcomer on this offense in Trey Knox. Trey Knox had a really good performance on Saturday night, and it's very clear based on the amount of passes that he got from Spencer Rattler that Trey Knox is going to be a weapon on this offense. He is going to be targeted. He is going to be utilized, and I gotta say, like, even just watching him on a television screen, because unfortunately I wasn't able to make it to the spring game in person on Saturday night because of the illness I've been dealing with, but Trey Knox, he is going to be a massive red zone threat, in my opinion. And it's because he has got a towering frame. I mean, he's six foot four, 250 pounds. And we're not talking like 250 pounds 
and you know it's kind of a mixture of you know both good and bad weight no he he is built like an absolute tank at that tight end position so I thought that Trey Knox looked good I think he's a very good athlete and again I think he's somebody that's going to help out a lot when the Gamecocks get into the red zone on offense this upcoming football season now obviously these four guys were not the only ones that really stood out on Saturday night. There's a couple more guys that I want to talk about in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. But first, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. And there's no better place to get on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. What that means is this. You can get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So essentially, you're going to get money back no matter what when you make your first ever bet on FanDuel Sportsbook right this very moment. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet. Again, up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel is the official betting partner of Major League Baseball. Welcome back to this special reaction edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks again every single day. For you, every dayers, we're going to continue to have some takeaways from the spring game over the next couple of days, and I'm also going to try to specifically dive into the recruiting impact from South Carolina spring game. So for those of you who are interested in those recruiting updates, be sure to stay tuned in over the next couple of days to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. But let's get back to South Carolina spring game and some of the players that stood out on Saturday night. The next two guys I'm going to bring up is a Good thing that both of these guys did what they did, in my opinion, on Saturday night because South Carolina's offense is going to need these two guys to step up this upcoming fall and be contributors for them. And those two players are to carry on Joyner and Eddie Lewis. I will start off with to carry on Joyner. I thought that Joyner was the best running back on the field on Saturday night. And I want to make this abundantly clear. I'm not saying that Mario Anderson Jr. nor Juju McDowell can be the best back on this team. And again, it is just one game. It is a spring game. Very controlled. You know, obviously, you cannot really take a whole lot away from this essentially public scrimmage between all of these players. But to carry on, Jordan looked like an absolute natural at the position on Saturday night. We are now seeing, or we got to see, why these coaches and why the reports coming out of spring practice to this point have been so high on to carry on Joyner. Because, I mean, he looked like he had been playing running back his entire life on Saturday night. He was running behind his pads. He was being patient. He didn't just basically pick a gap when the play started and just say, you know, come heck or high water, I'm going to run right on through that gap. He did not do that at all. And that's something that's very hard to do for a guy that, has not played running back for the majority of their football career. And when you did play running back, you played it back when you were like a freshman in high school, from what I've heard, on to carry on Joyner. So I thought that Joyner looked great. 
And again, I don't think that that's anything against the other two running backs. I don't think the offensive line gave them all a fair shot, to be honest with you. And again, I'll save that for later. But I thought the carry on Jordan looked really good, bottom line. And I think he is really somebody that is going to be able to help this team and help this running back position move along smoothly this upcoming fall. Now, moving on from Joyner, let's talk about Eddie Lewis real quick. Lewis is a guy that obviously was a transfer from Memphis, and he was a guy that was viewed as a good pickup for South Carolina this offseason, but he's somebody that we haven't really heard about a whole lot. But I got to say, on Saturday night, I think that Eddie Lewis showed that he could be a deep threat for South Carolina in the passing game. I mean, the first or second play of the game, I think that he basically ran sort of like a half-wheel route from the slot position where you sort of act like you're going to run vertical, but then you basically sort of run out towards the sideline, and then you just go straight up field. And Eddie Lewis beat his man by like at least three, four, five steps, and unfortunately, Spencer Rattler overthrew the football, so they weren't able to connect on that play. But Eddie Lewis had multiple plays where he got past his man and he was open down the field. And this is an aspect of South Carolina's offense that I sort of feel like they've been missing for the past several years. The Gamecocks, honestly, they haven't really had that deep ball threat, in my opinion, since Demir Bird was on the football team back during the latter years of the Steve Spurrier tenure in Columbia. And... Nothing against Amari Brown either because, obviously, I think Amari Brown, with his experience and the speed that he possesses, he can help out as well. And maybe Amari Brown just did not get a lot of plays called up for him where he was going to be able to run down the field, in all fairness. But I think that A. Lewis made the case on Saturday night that he needs to get another look at being potentially a starter in this offense. Because if that guy is going to get that open on shot plays you got to have him on the football field. So I think that Eddie Lewis just made things at the slot wide receiver position a lot more interesting heading into the summer and going into fall camp. Now let's move on from the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball and talk about a couple defensive linemen that stood out at the edge position nonetheless in Brian Thomas Jr. and Elijah Davis. I got to say, I was very impressed with Brian Thomas Jr., on Saturday night. I thought that he was active, he was violent with his hands, and he had a burst off the edge in terms of his pass rush. And obviously, I've spoken about this before in the sense that we all know that Brian Thomas Jr. specializes in his pass rushing ability. But I also said earlier, I think this past week, that if Brian Thomas Jr. wants to be a guy for this team, if he wants to maybe be a starter and have significant snaps on this defense, he's got to show more than just simply pass rushing ability. And I thought he did that on Saturday night. I thought that he was active in rush defense as well. And I thought that he at least was, quote unquote, mucking things up for the opposing offensive lineman to where it made life more difficult for this offense in terms of trying to get the run game going on Brian Thomas's side of the field. Now, granted, he was going up against, partly, a true freshman in Marquis Anderson at left tackle, which, again, I'll get into in a little bit, but I thought that he did a good job, nonetheless, on Saturday night, and I think that it was 
great to see him do what he did because the Gamecocks are going to need everything they can get from this edge position group heading into this next season, knowing that right now, even when it comes to the transfer portal, options are probably limited. So again, those guys that are currently on the roster, they need to have somebody step up. It looks like Brian Thomas Jr. just might be the guy that does that. Elijah Davis, I was also impressed with him in sort of the same vein as Brian Thomas Jr. I thought that he was very active. I thought he had a very high motor, and he absolutely got after in terms of pass rush. I will say, I saw Elijah Davis get a lot of his reps again against true freshman Marky Anderson, who was manning down the left tackle spot after Jalen Nichols went down early in the spring game. So... I'm not going to take a whole lot away from that because Davis has got two years of experience on Marky Anderson and left tackle is not a spot that Marky Anderson is probably going to play a whole lot at the college level. But nonetheless, he took advantage of the opportunity that he had and he did a good job in that aspect. And at the minimum, he proved that he can be serviceable at that edge position when coming into South Carolina he looked like somebody that was likely going to be maybe a sort of defensive tackle that was lining up over the offensive guards. Now, it also appears that Elijah Davis is also going to bring some versatility to the defensive line as well. So I thought he also did a very good job. All right, now continuing our conversation on South Carolina spring game on Saturday night and players that stood out. I want to just talk about a couple more position groups real quick before I move on to my biggest concern for the team coming out of this game. The linebacker room. I thought the linebacker room was great on Saturday night. And yes, I know that apparently the defensive graduate assistants, they got a little bit uh they got a little bit overzealous in terms of bringing the pressure on the offense at times and to the point where coach Shane Beamer apparently had to tell Clayton White to tell the guys, "Hey, uh, they need to settle down a little bit. But I thought all, all in all, the room proved that they are deep and they are versatile. Stone Bland and Debo Williams, in my opinion, did a great job in rush defense. I do think they deserve some credit for the fact that the run game did not really get going at any point on Saturday night. I thought that they both did a great job of crashing into the box, filling in gaps. And again, I know that obviously the Gamecocks lose a lot of experience there with Sherrod Green and Brad Johnson being gone. But I think, honestly, Debo Williams and Stone Blaine are going to fill in those roles just fine. Bam Martin-Scott and Donovan Westmoreland. I thought both those guys did a good job when they were actually showcased in some of the blitz packages that the Gamecocks have. And again, obviously, you don't want to show too much for your opponents that you're going to be playing this upcoming season. But I thought that Bam Martin-Scott and Donovan Westmoreland, they had their skill sets utilized perfectly on Saturday night. I think both of those guys are going to be featured in this group more so as third down blitz specialists where they can utilize their speed and their burst off of the line of scrimmage to the fullest extent. In the secondary, I thought that those guys did a pretty good job considering the circumstances. Not everybody was healthy back there on Saturday night. The nickel corner position was really dinged up. Obviously, you already didn't have Keenan Nelson Jr. playing, and then Kawan Banks got hurt early on in the contest. But I thought that, you know, some of the usual suspects in Nick Emmonworry, DQ Smith, both those guys did a good job. I thought that Nick Emmonworry, what really impressed me was how willing he was to take on guys like Joshua Simon, guys that are bigger than him, or match him up in size, which for Nick Emmonworry is actually a little bit rare. But he still was able to, for the most part, stonewall those guys. And I think, again, that just goes to remind everybody that Nick Emmonworry is a special player, especially in terms of his tackling ability. 
And Jalen Kilgore, I thought, did a pretty decent job in his first ever action. I think that in all honesty, he's like another Nick Evan worry back there, but he's actually a little bit better maybe in terms of his coverage ability. And obviously, he got beat on a couple of plays, and maybe the throw wasn't on target, so he'll get a little bit better as time goes on. But Jalen Kilgore, I thought, was also impressive in terms of the fact that it was his first ever intra-squad scrimmage or, you know, sort of live game, so to speak, in front of fans as a freshman. So I think he's only got room to grow from this point forward. Now, with all that being said, let's get on into my big concern coming out of this game, and it is the offensive line. Um, now, I will also say this. I mentioned earlier in the show that Shane Beamer and the staff having the rosters sort of finalized the way that they did with this draft certainly does not help. When it comes to trying to split up the rosters evenly from a talent standpoint, the one group that that kind of format hurts the most is the offensive line because that is a unit that has got to build a rapport with one another. Those guys cannot be mixing and matching. And yes, you want guys to know how to play different positions. You're not going to likely have all five offensive linemen healthy throughout the entire season. So certain guys have got to be able to play with each other. If gosh forbid, someone does go down with an injury like Jalen Nichols did at the beginning of that game. Perfect example of that. But at the same time, you also you you need that continuity. And so I know why they did not split the offensive line unit into just first string and second string and third string and on and on and on. I understand all that. But it also, I don't think it made, but it also, I think, sort of hurt the offensive line in terms of, you know, this was their chance in front of a live crowd to show everybody that, you know, they're making progress in the run game, especially after a second scrimmage that, according to Coach Dow Loggins, did not go very well. And he sort of hinted that the blocking was the main issue there. And it didn't seem like that that really improved a whole lot on Saturday night. And if it wasn't for, you know, really good plays, really good runs that were made by the running backs that, you know, there just wasn't a whole lot going in that area. And then in pass blocking on the edge, I'm not going to put anything on Mark Anderson, okay? I think that he was put in a really tough spot there. I think it says a lot that the staff put Mark Anderson at left tackle once Jalen Nichols went down and out of the game with his knee injury. But also, Marky Anderson, he is a true freshman, and you got to remember, he's going up against guys that have been at the college level for a year or two at least. So, I would not take anything away from his pass blocking performance on Saturday night. But a guy like Tyshawn Wanamaker, I think personally, the Gamecocks coaching staff is going to want to see some improvement in that area. Um, I thought that, you know, Brian Thomas Jr. got the better of him a couple times, and some of the other guys did as well, or at least, you know, they compressed the pocket on that side of the line of scrimmage. And, of course, you got uh, you got Kaysen Henry that's out there at right tackle, the backup there that the staff likes a lot. You've got Jatavia Shivers, who has not even made it to campus yet. Um, and you could see some other guys get bumped out to right tackle as well. Grayson Maines, I think, is getting some snaps out there at right tackle. So, I think that the offensive line unit right now, it is fair to say it is a work in progress. And, you know, they're going to need to uh, they're gonna need to find a way to sort of ratchet up some of these issues that they've got going on right now. Because this offense, in terms of their personnel in 2023, they've got good skill position talent, 
it is a little bit top heavy though because they do need more depth at wide receiver and running back but they got a great quarterback at Spencer Rattler none of that's going to matter if the offensive line can't get things going in the run game and cannot be consistent enough in pass blocking on the edge that will spell a recipe for a disappointing 2023 season if those issues do not get shored up or fixed so I would imagine that South Carolina, maybe they try to look at the transfer portal again, maybe see if they can bring in another offensive lineman. But, I mean, at this point, it's going to probably be quite bare in terms of what you can get at that position. So these guys are just going to have to, they're going to have to work on these issues. And, you know, we'll see what all happens once the Gamecocks take the field the next time around and they play games that actually count. So besides that position group, I thought that the spring game was overall a pretty good night for the team. I thought the multiple guys showed up and showed out. What were y'all's thoughts on the spring game? Who do you think stood out the most out of the guys that I mentioned on this reaction show? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section if you watch this show on YouTube or shoot me a direct message on Twitter at Aline underscore SC. You can also let me know on Facebook where the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast now has their own page. You can just go and search up Lockdown Gamecocks and you'll be able to find us there as well. So, with that being said, that does it for me on today's show. Have a great rest of your Sunday, and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Game Cost Podcast.